Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. Again, we are sitting around this wonderful table, and we are so glad that you are listening in wherever you're from. And uh, we're exceptionally excited. Well, we're always excited every week because, uh, I don't know, it's just fun. And uh, not only is it fun, but it's I believe it's very inspiring uh, to many, many listeners and people that touch us heart. And so today we have a very special program for you and thank you for enjoying uh for joining us and i just want to tell you real quickly who's at the table and i today have a very prestige seat this is weird this is really weird it's been 111 episodes and this has never happened wow i know i know and it's because actually it happened on episode one because we were set next to each other in oh, episode were we? One. yeah oh okay well it's but you know i kind of just got pushed over the table uh, on the other side because you took the prestige seat no yours is you're oh, in is. the holy of holies and somebody else is sitting in it right now Ooh. oh i never thought yeah. of it quite like that but i'm yeah. just thinking about yeah. the fact that my husband's probably really jealous when he hears this podcast <laughs> and he's like but he did have the opportunity to come in. He yeah, was he doing He's something. He's probably else. shoveling snow. <laughs> <laughs> I know he would love to. Oh, yeah. That I'm gone. He he yeah. might try that. Yeah. Oh. What is it? And the cats away. The mice will play. Right. And uh, I've instructed him and told him that he hasn't been released yet to do that. Until next time, I will have him call. I will call you, Chris. But anyways, uh, sitting next to me, of course, is uh, the famous, uh, infamous, uh, wonderful Chris, which we're so thankful for you, uh, as always, Chris Norman, uh, for keeping this program going for us. And uh, and I know that it's a little little different today, uh, I admit. I'll survive. Yeah, and uh, we don't get your beautiful wife, Jessica, here, but we have two beautiful women sitting across from us, and I'm grateful for both of them. And sitting right across from me is Miss Carissa Gonzalez, whom I am so thankful uh, that you're here, Carissa. Thanks for uh, hanging out. Well, thanks for having me. And something that you all will find out sooner or later, you're going to hear more of Carissa. And uh, once she gets going, uh, she'll have a lot to say. She's just a little shy right now. (laughs) But she has come to work for and with me, and I am so excited about that. So, Carissa... We are so happy that you're here today. And sitting next to you is one of my all-time favorites, and that is Sarah Rafford, whom I have the pleasure of. Uh, how many years did you work here in the office, Sarah? I have no clue. Forever. For a long, long time. time. And uh, my goodness. Uh, one of the most organized people I've ever seen in my life. And she is. And she works so hard. And she really I is. mean that. like. No, she really yeah. is. I don't know how... They, that uh, Sarah does the things that she does, except by the grace of God. By the grace of by God. By the grace of God. But uh, We I, hire people to shop, and I'm like, are they organized like Sarah, <laughs> or are they organized like me? Yeah. <laughs> Which well, isn't much. I'm going to tell me. you another little story. This little girl, Carissa, has come in here and already caused a whirlwind because 
Yes, she is. I mean, are you throwing everything away? Oh, she's oh, doing yes. that too, but she is a clean. <laughs> well, she is an utter clean freak. Yeah. Yes, totally. And um, anyway, <laughs> God has a way of sending people to me to help keep me straight. So I'm so grateful for that. But Sarah, I'm especially happy that you're here today because uh, I've mentioned it a few times, even even actually on last week's program. You were mentioned in a little bit about you, your journey. We just mentioned the journey with Nora and what a trooper she was. But we've talked before about having you on sometime and uh, just talk to us because there's there's mamas and dads out there with children that are faced with very same thing that that our Nora is or something that's as traumatic. And uh, parents... They find themselves in a fog. And so we just want you today to talk to our listeners and just tell them a little bit. And I know we can never, in in the time that we're on here, tell a complete story. But would you just kind of start with us a little bit? Because I know that God's begin to deal with your heart and say, it's okay, go ahead and start opening your mouth. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm honored to sit in the Holy of Holy seats here. You are. It's a throne. And I get to watch it from here. Wow, this is really awesome. So most of you guys know that Noah's know that Nora has epilepsy, um, but we haven't been real vocal with our story. And that's mainly um, because when you put yourself out there, you kind of leave yourself vulnerable for Mm -hmm a lot of negativity to Mm -hmm. kind of be fired at you. So um, here recently, I've just really felt a release to kind of share Nora's story. And it's not because there's a magical fairy tale ending right now, but because of the testimony of the journey that she's been on and that we as a family have been on. So uh, Nick and I waited five years after we were married to have kids and we kind of wanted to be financially stable and emotionally stable um, so that we could do our best at raising our perfect little angels that we knew would would come along and we had it all planned out and never once in all of our dreams and our imaginations did we ever did it ever cross our minds that that we would have any kind of issues or any kind of of problems um, with pregnancies or with with our children we were good people we tried to go through life doing the right things, making the right choices. And, and you know, I remember Sarah so well. Uh, you were working for me at yeah. that time. And um, when you guys began to get excited about having a family. And so I remember well those times. And, and, and I agree, you and Nick have, uh, and no one's perfect. So we're not trying no. to put you anywhere where anyone would be would say, oh, I can never be like that, because the yeah. truth is we're all just human beings. Just but humanity. but you two are, are <laughs> it's so wonderful to watch you two as husband and wife, as, as a, a couple, uh, because when you first started coming to work for us, and we started going to meetings, we, you started going with us and doing things, and, I, and even Pastor would say, you know, he, he would say, you think that Nick minds, you know, and all, and, and Nick was had such a wonderful attitude. You go do what you need to do. There was no uh, 
judgmental. There was no, oh, why are you going to be so late tonight? There was never any of that. And so I just want to say that. And that was all before, you know, you decided to have babies. But, yeah, I remember that. And then our world changed. It did. (laughs) We just entered into pregnancy with just this glee and euphoria. I mean, it was just uh, we were all in 110 percent. Um, so I got pregnant right away, and, and we were totally devastated at 11 weeks when I'd lost the baby. Um, personally, my world was just totally just shaken to the core, but God just so enveloped Nick and I both in his loving arms, and he began to walk me through the process of learning to trust him blindfolded, to trust him when I didn't know all the answers or what the next looked like because I thought I had it all planned Mm -hmm. out. I knew exactly. Um, But on that journey, uh, we waited six months and we tried again and we got pregnant right away. And there was so much joy, but this time there was also so much fear and hesitation. Um, I began to dig in the scriptures like I never had before. I had a whole list of scriptures that I would just play on repeat every night so that I could sleep because I just felt so gripped with fear and excitement all at the same time. Um, And at 14 weeks, when I went in for an ultrasound, um, I was told that our baby no longer had a heartbeat. And devastated is the only word that I can really use to describe my feelings at that time. Um, But again, God never left me. And he showed me the true meaning of his perfect peace as we walked that journey out, that we can't experience the storms of life. Yeah. And and before you go any farther with that, and I, I do want you to say that statement again, because, but I so remember, you know, uh, the devastation of one pregnancy. And, and Chris, I know, I know you do too, because you guys not only were your sister in laws, you best friends. She walked the journey with and, us, and and so you know, there's just so many people that's around that 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 know, and but not only that, there's listeners out here that women have, and we've had on before, you know, where they've had a baby, and so you know, and miscarriages, and then another one, and so on and so forth, and so. Here you are in your life at this point, and, and you just said that you begin a journey of le- learning uh, the true meaning of perfect peace. Right, because John sixteen thirty three tells us that in this world we're going to have troubles, and so we are going to go through the storms of life. But he just showed me one day in the office as I was in there alone, I just had the, some worship music playing in the background, and that song came on, I'll Praise You in the Storm. And he just mm-hmm. literally showed me um, a, a little boat out on the ocean and me sitting in there. And on the first, um, the first little glimpse of it, I was looking at the waves and looking at the wind and the rain mm-hmm. coming in, and I was just so frantic with fear that I was capsizing, that I was drowning, that it was not going to end well. And then the second time, the second little glimpse that I got, it was in the same storm with the same wind and the same uh, rain and the same everything going crazy. But this time my eyes were pointed for, or, uh, above, just looking straight at God. And he 
just told me that is what perfect peace is. When, you know, that song is sometimes he can calm, or sometimes he calms the storm and other times he calms his child. Yes. Just so gave me a revelation of how he can give us that perfect peace. But it's when your concentration is on him and not on the outward circumstances and things in our life. And I did learn that the Father God, he holds us closest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The closest times that I've been with him is, is in the middle of the storms. Yeah, it's so true. And I remember you sharing that. Yeah. What you saw in the spiritual realm. It was just such a such a revelation. Yeah, it was a clear spoken directly to my yes. heart. And there were several other things when I said that God God leaned in mm, and spoke like to my that. heart mm-hmm. like he never has before, you know, during during those times when I was clinging to life to him and he was also clinging clinging to me as a father God would just envelop us mm. and so it's priceless times that I, I wouldn't trade for for anything in, in the middle of the pain in the middle of the pain yeah so we ended up talking with our doctors and we waited a couple more months and then we tried again and we got pregnant right away with our healthy um, sweet Nora Grace um, in the following June she was born 41 weeks so she was plump and ready to come <laughs> Um, and she was such a precious, precious oh gosh, gift to us after such a, a a storm and tribulation. Like she was just a gift. She was a neat baby and a neat toddler. She had an exceptional memory and ability to learn at three. She knew all the states and capitals. She could rattle all the books of the Bible. Um, she was reading at three. She had such a high IQ. Yes. Um, she was just a, just brilliant. And we would all have her, you know, Papa especially. I remember he'd he'd have her come in the office and tell tell me the states again, you know, uh-huh. their capitals or, or you know, recitus. Cool. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just she was just so fun to have around. It was just amazing. Yes. I'm sure, Carissa, you remember stories. Oh yes, it was so, so cool. smart. Yeah, yes. just so sweet. And when Nora was almost three, we had a perfect little boy join our family, and his name is Nixon because he was Nick's son. <laughs> I like that. So we now have two kids and one boy, one girl. What more could you ask for is what I always say. We're good and we're ready for life to kind of settle into that white picket fence phase and live ha- happily ever after and everything just go great. And early in 2018, Nora was five and she began to appear like she wasn't paying attention. Um, you could talk to her, and she wouldn't catch everything that you were saying. Um, she started struggling while doing school, which was just so not her. It would come so easily mm-hmm. for her. And we found ourselves constantly telling her to pay attention or ask her, Nora, why are you not listening? Why are you not paying attention? Um, she began to nod off at times when she was at rest. Mm-hmm. Like she would sit down to eat. She would go to sleep, and then she would just like nod off and go to sleep. And we were 100% clueless. Like I said, we, yeah. this was the next chapter of life. We had, you know, passed up all the rough patches, and we are going to live this mm-hmm. great, easy, wonderful life. And um, so it, we were clueless. We laughed, and we recorded it, and we were just thought, she's not getting enough sleep. And these kind of things just gradually progressed slowly from January until really October 31st, 2018. Yeah, I remember, yeah. 
And on that day, Nora and I were doing school, and she's homeschooled, so we were together all the time. And it was like a light bulb literally went off in my head. Um, I had this strange experience as I sat there. Um, A few years prior, we had had a child in our nursery at church that had absent seizures. So the parent kind of warned us about it. And Christy Hale, who was a principal at that time, she um, knew and was familiar with seizures because of her profession. Um, She told me what to look for and what they look like as we were watching this little guy in the nursery. Um, So as I was sitting there doing school with Nora, I had all these conversations and all these memory flashbacks just come flooding to my mind all at one time in this strange revelation that... Nora had been having seizures mm-hmm. all this time. Yeah, I remember. I remember that time, and and it's like, okay, what's next? What do we do? You know, right. yeah. And you guys, you just went into action. We did, yes. Did. So thus begins our our journey with epilepsy. But I remember that first Halloween. You know, we all kind of got together, and but it was just yes. so awkward having to tell everybody that she's this is not she's not going to sleep she's having seizures is there seizures happening yes. and, and we weren't uh, I called the doctor immediately and got her an appointment um, like that next day and so just he, uh, here at our local pediatrician and then they referred us up to uh, neurology at children's but even that it was it was like a two-week wait to get into children's and you know, you're just spinning your wheels like there's something seriously wrong happening to my child and I can't fix it. And I don't know what I don't know what it is or what's going on. It's just a, just a, a tough spot. But mm-hmm. Nora had her first EEG mid-November and they diagnosed her then with epilepsy. And at that appointment, they went on to very, very vaguely describe to us that because of the severity of Nora's EEG report, that we would be on a rough journey. We were so confused. Um, Just didn't know what to expect. I knew absolutely nothing about epilepsy or seizures other than what you see on TV. Mm -hmm. That's that's it, so. Yeah, or someone maybe that you knew in life that had a seizure or something, but Mm -hmm. as far as knowing details, we didn't know. I don't Mm -hmm. know, Chris. if if you had been around at the time you heard that not diagnosis, especially the fact that it it was so severe, uh, you would have known a little bit more about what was possibly going on. Yeah, but especially with symptoms like that, most people wouldn't have noticed. I mean, I don't think that's so uncommon. I mean, but I've worked in a pediatric neurology clinic, so I mean, I've seen that more than... The average would, though. It's kind of interesting because the alertness mm-hmm. uh, of of you and Nick and those that were around, you know, to see, and I think... I'm sure that was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that that's probably true. Yeah. Just yeah. got a little download there yeah. all at one time, just like... Yeah, yeah. revelation, yeah. just that's something, this is not normal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so her... So we just kind of, I personally just dug myself into um, Google, did a did my own DIY, DIY Google Night School. And so I searched and searched and researched everything that I possibly could. Um, the internet is a beautiful tool, but it's also an endless trap when yeah. you're searching yeah. for answers and there really are no answers for what you're searching for. So 
Nora's seizures evolved and progressed pretty quickly after her initial diagnosis. So by December, she was having multiple types and of seizures. And this was 2018, 2018 right? 2018, yeah, yes. December yes. 2018, I remember. Mm-hmm. So she was having hundreds, if not probably some days she had thousands of tonic seizures during the day. And then the night just became riddled with tonic-clonic seizures, which are the big grandma type seizures that you would typically see on TV. Um, she would go into status ellipticus, which means that like her seizures would go on and on and wouldn't stop really without a rescue medication. Yeah. Wow. So I, re- I remember the first time that we had to call 911 and it was just kind of like a disconnect for myself. Like I would be able to describe calmly to the dispatcher uh, my address, my child's name, her age, the time the seizure began, the brief history, just kind of like it was a disconnect. And every time she would seize, we really didn't know how, we didn't have a clue how long she would be seizing for, what kind of damage the prolonged seizures were causing. And a a lot of times after her large um, extended tonic clonics that she was having pretty much every night, there would be a long um, postictal state where Nora would just not be responsive at all. And it's just a traumatic feeling to hold your unresponsive child multiple times, just mindlessly calling her name. I can hear it in my head right even now, just Nora, 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 just not knowing if she would wake up, just watching her contort. And, you know, she stopped breathing so many times. You watch her little around her mouth would turn blue. It just kind of takes your toll on you. So after several EEGs, um, overnight EEGs at Children's, Nora was diagnosed with a catastrophic form of epilepsy called um, Lennox-Gastaut syndrome. And so we would not sleep at night literally because if we fell asleep and she began to seize, um, doctors told us that we needed to administer rescue medication for any seizure lasting longer than five minutes to um, help their prevent um, there from being permanent damage. And, and I just want to say something here, uh, which I think is so, so profound, and, and Sarah will describe a little bit more here in the personal journey, a little bit of her and Nick as they were trying to navigate through this. But I remember how everyone in the staff, everybody right. that worked, right. everyone was put on alert. Right, that's what I was thinking too. Were yes. you really? Yes. Because we, we just so remember that and, and we all tried to be eyes and ears and watching because mm-hmm. it was just so important. And, and none of us knew what to do. The only thing, the anchor that we had, and I know you all were just out there paddling in the dark, but the way that you guys attacked this and and just kept moving forward. And I remember when you talked about, because a little girl that had her own room, a little girl that was able to, you know, sleep by herself. Play play outside by herself. Play outside, be able to go to friends, you know, to... Any, you know, in Christie's house, different places, you know, she could go. And then all of a sudden, that world stopped. She was no longer, you couldn't let her stay in her bed by herself. 
you had to bring your children in and put them with you because Nixon was at the age where, you know, he was already, you know, you had to watch over him. And so it, it was something else uh, just from us as observers, even though we cried and we prayed continuously for you guys. And, and, and so I remember uh, you never complained. But I could see it in your eyes. You kept doing what you do. You kept teaching. You, you kept showing up at church, Chris. She kept coming. Mm-hmm. She never gave up Children's Church. She never, or Nick never gave up sound. They never stopped in the middle of their situations. They just went on high alert, which was absolutely amazing. So I know during the night, she would seize multiple times, right? Multiple times at night, yes. And we would try to take turns sleeping um, because life, like you said, it didn't stop for us. Um, It just kept on trucking. Um, Nick had to go to work, and that meant that he would be driving an hour and a half, one and a half hours to work, and then one and a half hours again back home um, without sleeping. Um, We would begin to text staff when you mentioned that. You know, we would text staff and, and... different people all hours of the night said, Nora's having, mm-hmm. Nora's having one, please pray, please pray, please pray. And you guys would pray. And I mean, how many times did you meet us at the ER? Um, we started to um, just keep clothes and shoes by the bed, ready to go. So when ambulance was called, we'd be ready to go. I quit taking my makeup off before we went to sleep at night so that I could look a little more presentable at the <laughs> ER staff. Not so scary. Um, and That's we would true. we would even purposely straighten our house in anticipation in, in anticipation of the um, emer- emergency personnel that would would come in in the event that we had to call and it was quite quite often we called and um, the following couple months there were lots of hospital stays um, just from December 2018 to January 2019. Um, I don't know how many trips we had because I, I just didn't count, but there was a lot. And in just those two months, um, we had acquired um, $10,000 in totally unexpected medical bills, and that's with insurance for just two months. And that, that I remember you spending hours. We went back and forth with insurance. Oh, my goodness. I, respect, so I remember, you know, hours that you would spend – with insurance and with doctors, with nurses, and trying to get clarity and information. I mean, it was just continual. Yes, we, we did. <clears throat> Moving on forward to March, um, I remember of that year, 2019, that Friday of the Ladies' Conference, um, Nora, and Nixon were at, Nora Nixon and I were at home getting ready, and Nick had already headed to the church, and uh, Nora had a giant tonic-clonic seizure. And I was afraid to be left with her alone um, because it's hard to make those calls on what to do when you're by yourself. Um, but I was there with her alone. and, and Do you remember that night, in. Carissa? Yes. I mean, it's all so vivid yes. because here we are. We're, you know, this is a big event for right. us, and uh, Sarah is just... She's irreplaceable, honestly. She works so hard for these conferences. And not only her, but little Nora. Uh, 
she's such a warrior, and she always liked to help us getting ready. She loves to help us get ready for conferences. Yes. And and that particular year, she was she could not wait. She just could not wait for conference. And I so remember how we all were getting ready, and and then, you know, here comes. Even though you don't expect. It wasn't so unexpected because they had been having so many, but there had been a little calm. And so he was really, really, you know, encouraged and hoping that it would go really, really well. And and Nick had come on, right? Yeah, he came on. He was here working because they come early. Yeah, and and so I was there with uh, Nixon and her by myself, and the seizure passed the five-minute mark. So I went ahead and gave, uh, administered the emergency medication, but then she continued to seize on past the emergency medication. And I was just so afraid to give a double emergency medication because it's a fine line. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. want there to, we'd never done that before and I didn't want to cause, you know, her heart to stop or something, something to happen. So I went ahead and, and called 911 for assistance because she would just continue to, to seize. And the ambulance in the past, when we call, they're usually there within five minutes. We're at a good location, or seven minutes at the most, usually. Good location. They just, they get to us and help us soon. But this time, um, the ambulance, there was several issues going on. And um, it was more than 20 minutes before they got there. And it just so feels like an eternity when your child is laying unresponsive and turning blue. Um, Emergency or the first responders came and they had oxygen, but that was literally it. All we could do is just shake her, Nora, 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 just that sound on repeat. Um, and she just and she didn't respond. respond. And Sarah, in these moments, and I know it's hard to go back and look, you know, but in these moments, like any parent would feel, those were those moments where you feel so helpless. You feel like everything is out of your control. And how many times in life we get into situations that we can't fix? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we really just can't fix that. Mm-hmm. And that is, you've had a lot of those in the last few years of those moments that I can't fix, whether it's with Nora or many other stories you could be telling about. But this is one of those times, and, and we're parents that are listening or are an individual that's listening to this podcast, and they've had these overwhelming moments where they don't know how to get out of the situation that they're in. So can you just, just real briefly before you go on, can you just tell us in those moments how you were feeling and what was going on between you and God? Is it, Do you remember at all? I just remember. It's kind of panic, you know. Uh, what would you do if your child were... To pass away, you know, mm. I mm. felt like I literally couldn't go on. Mm. So there's a lot of maybe bargaining between God, God, you know, you have to come through, you know, but you know, time and time again, his word just so, it was so ingrained in my mind and in my spirit and just on repeat, you know, the word of God just is literally your, your, your lifeline in those times when you don't know if you're going to make it or not. Yeah. And in that in that particular moment, uh, that seemed so very, very long, and it was long, and it was 20 minutes, and then end up taking her to the hospital. To, yes, and then by the time we rolled into the hospital, she kind of started 
stirring around a little bit, and you can just kind of take a breath. You know, every time you, your your breath is is gone, until she starts, you know, she'll start to mumble or not make any sense usually at first, and then you think, was this the time that's caused permanent damage? Mm-hmm. You know, will she ever be able to speak mm-hmm. again? Will she be able to walk or communicate? You know, you you have all those wonderings. And I can remember, um, you know, back when you were talking about, you know, bargaining with God or, you know, I can remember crying out to God and saying, God, do you even hear me? I feel like I'm you're talking and talking and talking and begging for help or for healing. And sometimes, you know, you, you don't feel like you've, you've making that connection. Mm-hmm. And we had um, went on a, a little float trip and... Um, Nick was carrying his yellow shirt in in his little canoe, or not in a canoe, was the little... Kayak. Yeah, in the kayak, and his kayak turned over. And he lost his shirt, and it was just, it was a, I don't know, just a keepsake shirt that he kind of wanted. And so it was just like, man, darn, I lost my shirt. And I thought, God, do you hear, you know... He even lost his he even lost his shirt and the current was really mm-hmm. fast and you know there's no way we're gonna find this shirt. And we're going and I don't know how many minutes passed, but it was quite I mean, I don't like a half hour down the way on this little float trip, we uh, you know, I'm just that's still playing in my mind, God, do you hear us? Do you even hear us? Do you even see us? And somebody in the back of the tail end says, What's that yellow thing <laughs> coming up there? And I'm like I knew it was that yellow shirt. And it was God saying, Sarah, I hear you. I see you. I have you in the palm of my hand. It may look like chaos around you, but I've got you. Amen. And it was that yellow shirt. And traveled with us 30 <laughs> minutes down the road and found, found its way. Um, That's awesome. To us. Yeah, yes. and, and God reminds us as we're going through. Yes life-changing things like you guys were uh before we're gonna we want you to come back next week and and finish your podcast and and your story because it's just too good to not there's so many events but i i want i want to say something here for a moment and go back to that evening of of the conference was that the 2019 conference yes okay the 2019 was that the unstoppable one no, no that breed. was 20. That was the breathe one. Conference. Okay. Yes. Well, I remember this, I just, and we kind of touched on it in one of our programs. I'm not sure if it was recently, I think. But uh, Nora had a shirt, conference shirts, because mm-hmm. when she got big enough where we could yes, tie them and put mm-hmm. them up, you know, she She's always. so excited to Yeah, wear she always yes. excited. And she was, also, I mean, she just went through all this. You know, her mom trying to help her. The ambulance took him forever, and they still couldn't get her to breathe. They couldn't seemingly help her. And then when they get her to the emergency room, she finally comes around. But she's so upset. Yeah, the first thing that comes out her mouth is, I have to go to the ladies' conference. We can't miss the ladies' conference. we got to get out of here and go to the ladies' conference. (laughs) And she was so and so... I just remember, uh, you know, that after the conference had started, it was well into the evening. I don't remember 
where it even was. Do you, Krista, do you remember where we were at? Or I don't remember, except you remember, uh, Chris, uh, back then was when I Raise a Hallelujah had, mm-hmm. was so, such a powerful song, yes. The Little Boy, that, right. was, that was healed. And, and so we had asked prayer yes. for her. Uh, at the beginning of the conference because mom and I think Nick had gone on down with you and I have no clue who was trying to run sound that night. Right, he ended up coming back. Yeah, he did. He ended up coming back after you guys were released and all. But but anyway, uh, I remember we began to sing that song and begin to worship God and begin to pray. You know, because just because it was for someone else and and they saw someone else delivered, there's many things, and and that's what we want you to get as our listeners from us, no matter what is going on in your life, whatever it is that is rough, uh, in the middle of the storm, when you can learn to raise hallelujahs, when you can begin to say, God, I know that you're still God, even when I'm struggling so hard and my faith is being wavered, and I feel shipwrecked, right. even in those times when you can begin to worship God and all. But I'll never forget uh, exactly how it happened. Uh, I'm kind of, I, I don't know, but I just remember she, you guys walked in. Yes. And that little girl walked in with her shirt on. Mm-hmm. And she was so, it was so precious. I mean, you could tell she, she, it had been hard and difficult and hard and difficult for mom and you guys didn't get to stay. But I remember us singing that song and, and we sung it many times after that and many prayer meetings that we've had where we would raise hallelujahs for yes. Nora's healing and how we've seen the hand of God work and move. And, but this story is by no means over. Uh, but uh, we just really want our listeners to know that, like you said a while ago, you know, when you first started, you know, you wish that you could say there was a fairy tale ending. And no, we don't have that yet. But there has been a defying, in a sense, of what it could be. To what it is. Right. And so we're going to share more of that next week. Sarah's going to share with us because it's just such an amazing, profound story of the faithfulness of God. And so before we go, I'm going to ask you, Krissa, to pray today for parents, for anyone that's out there and they're really struggling in their life. It just seems like they've been hit with things that are so overwhelming. And they don't know what to do next. But as uh, Sarah just said a while ago, God, in the midst of those, every little thing is important, even the lost yellow shirt. And God will use those things to remind us. Don't you love it when you're in the middle of your biggest storm? And he says, if I cared about that shirt, how much more? Because doesn't that remind you, Chris, of the scripture? That says that if he feeds the sparrow. Right, and the flowers and wildflowers and all that. Yeah, yeah. then how much more that he mm. loves us and how much more he cares. And so I know you all want to come back next week and listen. So would you pray yes. for our, all of our listeners? God, we just thank you for our listeners today in this beautiful story that 
Sarah just has so much more to talk about, God, but we just thank you, God, during the broken times of our life, God, let us just hear you speak clearly to us, God, even if it is through a t-shirt, God, it's those little moments that you speak to us, God, let us not get discouraged, and yes, God, there are times where life is just discouraging, and we're not seeing that fairy tale we expected, like with Nick and Sarah, with Nora, God, but God, you are faithful and you're true, God, and we know, God, your word, your promises never fail us, God, and you're always looking out for us, God. We just thank you for all you're going to do in each and every listener, God, wherever they're at today in their life, God, they're driving in the car, working, God, wherever they are listening to this podcast, God, that you will just reach down and touch them through the brokenness of their lives, God. And we just thank you, God, for touching them and speaking to them, giving them that perfect peace, God, that we can only draw from you, God. We just thank you, God, and we honor you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Until the next time. At the table with Darlene, may the peace of God rule and reign in your hearts and life. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at darleneroads.org also at wawministries.org thanks again for joining us at at the table with darlene